hot flashes, vaginal dryness, painful sex, low libido, recurrent urinary tract infections, weight gain, insomnia, orgasm? What orgasm? Menopause is a very special time, and I'm betting you've not gotten a lot of information from your own doctor. I'm Dr. Lauren Stryker, a clinical professor of obstetrics and gynecology, the medical director of the Northwestern Medicine Center for Sexual Medicine and Menopause, a practicing gynecologist, best-selling author, and a nationally recognized menopause expert. My mantra has always been, if women are given good information, they'll make good choices. And I'm here to give you the inside information on all things menopause. Uterine prolapse. It's not a sexy topic, but it's a really important one since this is one of those gyne problems that people rarely talk about, and it's common. So what is it? Well, uterine prolapse is simply when the uterus goes south and drops down into the vagina. It's one of those few medical conditions that my patients often diagnose with no help from me, especially if it's a severe case and the uterus drops down so low that it's actually protruding outside the vagina. And this isn't just an old lady thing. I have seen it in women in their 30s. The experience of your uterus hanging outside your vagina is kind of bizarre to say the least. True story. I sent my male medical student in to meet and talk to a patient who was getting prepped for surgery. As she was enthusiastically telling him all her symptoms and how distressing it was to have a uterine prolapse. And then she said, you just have no idea what it's like having something hanging down between your legs all the time. And then she realized she was talking to a guy who did have something hanging down between his legs all the time. I know, not even remotely the same thing, but she was mortified nonetheless. The uterus is not the only thing that can move out of its normal position. The bladder and rectum can also lose their normal support system and drop down. I want you to think of the vagina as a tunnel with a strong roof and a strong floor. The bladder is normally located right in front of the uterus. A cystocele results when the bladder drops down and bulges through the weakened roof of the vagina. The rectum normally lives behind the uterus and the back of the vagina. A rectocele occurs when the wall between the vagina and the rectum gets thin and weak, and the rectum bulges through the vaginal floor. Cystoceles and rectoceles are actually hernias. Some women only have uterine prolapse, or just a cystocele, or just a rectocele, but you can have any combination or all three. This is one of those scenarios that pictures would really help explain what I'm describing, but this is a podcast, so I can't show you. But I put a link in the program notes that takes you to my website that has nice pictures of uterine prolapse, a rectocele, and a cystocele. All of these things go under the heading of pelvic organ prolapse, otherwise known as POP, pop, as in something is popping out that shouldn't be. While obesity, chronic constipation, and family history are risk factors, pregnancy is by far the greatest risk factor. Roughly 75% of pelvic organ prolapse can be attributed to pregnancy and childbirth. The more babies, the bigger the babies, and the longer the labor, the greater the likelihood of prolapse. Take a genetic predisposition, add a nine pound baby in three hours of pushing, something's gonna give. Once the supporting tissue is damaged, it never completely regains its strength. And then gravity, age, and menopause can make things worse. There is a case to be made for protecting your pelvic floor and preventing prolapse by avoiding labor and delivery and just signing up for a C-section. And I know more than one urogynecologist who's done just that for herself, had an elective C-section to prevent future bladder, bowel, and prolapse problems. That's a complicated topic with lots of pros and cons, so now I'm not going to get into it, primarily because I assume that most women who are listening to this podcast are well past the baby days and the damage is already done. 
It's worth mentioning, though, that an enormous long-term study released in August 2022 confirmed that the best way to prevent uterine prolapse and stress incontinence is by avoiding vaginal delivery. The American College of OBGYN at this time does not recommend cesarean delivery based on maternal requests, but I wouldn't be surprised if that changed in the future based on this new study. So moving on. How do you know if you have a prolapse? Well, if the uterus is only slightly dropped, most women are totally unaware that something has shifted unless their gynecologist points it out. If it drops lower, a lot of women are aware that something is different and actually come in and say to me, I feel like something is falling down, which isn't surprising since that is exactly what has happened. A lot of women feel or see a bulge at the vaginal opening. That bulge doesn't tell you if it's coming from the top or the bottom. So you'll need an exam to know if it's a cystocele or a rectocele. But if the uterus drops low enough for the vagina to be completely filled and the cervix reaches the opening of the vagina, it's the rare woman who's not aware there's a problem. And yes, in severe cases, you can actually see the cervix or even the uterus protruding outside the vagina. Again, it helps to check out the photos in the link. Aside from seeing or feeling a bulge, there are a lot of other possible symptoms. Some women notice general pelvic pressure. It's not unusual to have urinary incontinence or urgency. In severe cases of prolapse, the urethra gets kinked and the opposite happens, making it difficult or impossible to pee. If this happens to you, sometimes just pushing the uterus up with your fingers can get the urine flowing again. But if that's your situation, you need to get it checked out. Another consequence of severe prolapse is that if the cervix or uterus protrudes outside the vagina, the tissue which is not supposed to be exposed to air can bleed or become very inflamed. And then there are the pooping problems. Constipation and an inability to completely get the stool out are common if there's a rectocele. The reason pooping may be next to impossible is that the lowest part of the bowel, the rectum, is supposed to be a straight road, which is why stool usually comes out when you bear down. But if there's a rectocele, that road has a curve and the stool gets hung up in the part of the rectum that's bulging up into the floor of the vagina. When that happens, the solution is a maneuver known as splinting. Basically, splinting means you place two of your fingers into your vagina, find the bulge, and then gently press down and forward to help ease the stool out of the bulging part and towards the anus. Now, sometimes when I tell a woman about splinting, she admits that she's been doing it already, but was too embarrassed to mention it. More often, women look at me with this horrified expression and say, you're kidding. Do people actually do that? Yes, people actually do that, but it's not as if it comes up in conversation. Your friend is not going to mention over lunch that she has to put her fingers in her vagina and press down every time she poops. No one talks about it, but I guarantee you plenty of women do it, including plenty of women that you know. In one study, 59% of the women with the rectocele used vaginal splinting routinely. And while they did not ask in that study, I bet 0% of them ever mentioned it publicly. And it probably won't surprise you that pelvic organ prolapse is associated with sexual problems. Now, in most cases, there's no problem having intercourse, but some women feel self-conscious about the appearance if there's a bulge coming out of the vaginal opening. Other women do have discomfort or maybe experience loss of urine or stool during sexual activity and go into avoidance mode. Okay, so let's talk treatment. 
Historically, this problem has been documented since ancient Egyptian times. Necessity is the mother of invention, and there have been no end of creative solutions to keep a uterus where it belongs. You name it, someone has put it in a vagina, cork, pomegranates, honey. There's even documentation of pouring wine on the displaced uterus. In desperation, many women were subjected to succession, basically an ancient version of anti-gravity boots. The woman was turned upside down and tied by her feet to a fixed frame. She was then bounced repeatedly until her prolapsed uterus went back inside her vagina. Then they would take her down, tie her legs together, and leave her like that in bed for several days. It's unclear how she managed to pee. Those details aren't documented. In 1870, the recommended treatment for prolapse was leeches. Yes, leeches, as in those blood-sucking worms. The physician would place a leech or two in the woman's vagina or directly on her cervix. It's unclear if the uterus was scared back where it belonged or the woman just told her doctor things had improved to avoid further treatment. There are a lot of other equally awful treatments, but I want to be mindful that you may be listening to this while eating lunch, so I'll spare you. But if that kind of stuff interests you, check out my episode on the history of hysterectomy. Fortunately, today there are other options, starting with doing nothing. If you're not bothered by your prolapse, if nothing is poking outside your vagina, it's perfectly okay to just leave it be. It's a good idea to see your gynae regularly to make sure nothing is changing. Women often ask me if there's anything they can do to stop it from getting worse. Well, obesity is a common risk factor, but unfortunately, losing weight doesn't seem to make a difference. Likewise, it's controversial if avoiding heavy lifting and avoiding constipation or weight-bearing exercise will prevent things from dropping further. But it's not inevitable that things will get worse. In fact, the greatest likelihood is that it won't. In one long-term study, only 11% of pelvic organ prolapse got worse over time, usually after menopause. But In around 3% of women, prolapse inexplicably gets better after menopause. But if you're having symptoms, either pain, urinary symptoms, or issues with your bowels, you may want to consider treatment. If you're not able to urinate, if you're not able to move your bowels, or if your uterus is hanging outside your vagina, treatment is no longer optional. So what can you do? What are the options? Well, let's start with pessaries. A pessary is a removable device that comes in multiple shapes and sizes that are placed in the vagina to hold the uterus up. In the past, pessaries were recommended a lot because surgery was really risky, especially for older women. Pessary use is less frequent now since improved surgical techniques have made surgery a safer, more reasonable option for older and sicker patients. But I still have patients, even young patients, that prefer not to have surgery, and then they go the pessary route. Some women with prolapse only have symptoms in certain situations. I have a number of patients who only put a pessary in when they're playing golf or tennis. I've also had a bunch of patients that use a pessary temporarily if they're planning on having surgery, but just aren't ready yet. Most women are able to place and remove their pessaries easily, but I have one 97-year-old patient who has seen me every three months for the last 20 years so that I can do it for her, and we've gotten to know each other really well. Since vaginal tissue depends on estrogen for strength and elasticity, it seems that using estrogen therapy, either systemically or locally in the vagina, would help. But studies that look at the impact of estrogen therapy on prolapse, either local or systemic, they're not clear-cut. And that actually kind of makes sense, since the issue is not the superficial vaginal tissue that's weak, but rather the underlying tissue in the wall of the vagina, along with other internal structures that support pelvic organs. 
Interestingly, a selective estrogen receptor modulator, berloxifen, also known as Avista, that's prescribed for bone health and to prevent breast cancer, was found to prevent pelvic organ prolapse when used by women over the age of 60. But the whole issue of using hormones to help with prolapse is definitely an area where more research is needed. Pelvic floor physical therapy is another non-surgical approach. It won't eliminate the problem, but it can definitely help with symptoms. And even if you decide to have surgery or use a pessary, pelvic floor PT is really important since your pelvic muscles have to be retrained in order to function properly. Check out my episodes on pelvic floor PT for more information on that. Ultimately, most women with severe cases of prolapse, as in completely hanging out of the vagina prolapse, are going to need a surgical procedure. Approximately 200,000 inpatient surgical procedures for prolapse are performed annually in the United States. Up to 19% of females will have surgery for prolapse or incontinence by the time they're in their 80s. The specific surgical procedure for people with pelvic organ prolapse depends on a lot of variables, including what kind of prolapse you have, how severe it is, what symptoms you're having, your general health, and of course, your preference, what you want to do. While some general gynecologists do these procedures, urogynecologists are specialists that have had particular training in these types of surgeries. Even if you're not interested in surgery, a urogynecologist is going to have the most expertise and experience in non-surgical options such as pessaries. Not to mention, pretty much every urogynecologist works with pelvic floor physical therapists that they know and trust. And if you know you need surgery, you're generally better off doing it sooner rather than later. As one of my patients told me when she was 90 and scheduled for surgery, I wish I'd done this when I was 70, but I honestly didn't think I'd get my money's worth. For more information on all of this, check out my book, The Essential Guide to Hysterectomy. And again, the link in the program notes will take you to my website with pictures of everything I've just described. I'm Dr. Lauren Stryker, and thank you for joining me. You will find lots more information in my inside information books available on Amazon.com. And follow Francie as she navigates her way through vaginal dryness, hot flashes, and pretty much every menopausal symptom you can think of. See the light, now I'm sleeping through the night.